Can you stop fixing that wig? Wig. Hey, it's I'm good. How are you, Tanya? Pretty good. Of course, this is sponsored by Fierce Passions um, and Camera Eye Photography, as well as um, FP Radio. James, what's the website for FP Radio again? All right. Y'all can always listen and tune in to us on fpradiostation.com. Go there. Also, download the Listen to My Radio app. Type in FP Radio on the search, and you're locked into us every day. All right. Perfect. Speaking of apps, I also want to remind you guys that you can shop the Fierce Passions app on uh, uh, Apple and Android. Just go to the App Store um, and type in FP. Is, is, is FP it's, it's, uh, shop FP. Shop FP. Yeah, shop just FP. Go, there, go there and shop there FP. Don't, don't worry, I'll leave, I'll leave links down below. So we have links. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. I'll okay. put links down below. <laughs> So let me introduce you guys to Gary Gooch. Um, he is a very good friend of mine, um, always telling it like it is, um, being all the way real, which is why I thought he would be perfect for this podcast. Um, and today we're going to talk about not only, um, you know, uh, Garrett, but what he's doing in the community. We're going to talk about his nonprofit that he started, um, touch on that a little bit, and uh, Swab will also have the links um, at the bottom for the nonprofit as well. So, Garrett, if you could uh, just tell the viewers, you know, what you're doing with your nonprofit, what your nonprofit is, um, if you could touch on that a little bit. Okay. Um, so, basically, my nonprofit is called the Gooch Foundation, and uh, what we do is we meet the needs of the community. Um, and And what my foundation is, is basically we have used our own personal money, um, my inheritance fund and money from my parents and other members in my family to support the community of Detroit. So we don't just support, you know, at Christmas time or at, you know, Thanksgiving, we try to support whatever the need is at the time um, that most organizations are not thinking about. Um, so we have done um, water for Flint. Uh, we provided um, water for them on a monthly basis. We've also provided food for them. I'm giving away turkeys. We've also given away about $10,000 to a senior living home. Um, well, we've done that over for Christmas time. Uh, we are also doing um, a scholarship fund for African-American youth um, as well. Um, our main thing, though, is that we don't do things to bring any type of accolades to ourselves, um, but we try to do things to make sure, one, that we are uh, reminding people that God has not forgotten about you, um, and then two, that somebody still cares about you. So uh, we are now starting to get out here a little bit more to get our name out here. Um, but for the mo for the last couple of years, we've been doing a lot of things just in quiet and private. Um, but as we are definitely, um, you know, wrapping up with our website and different events and things like that, we are definitely trying to put our name out here a little bit, a little bit more. So people to know that we are here and that we are providing support. Right now, we are not taking any type of like donations financially um, because we are waiting for our 501c3 to be solidified by the IRS. Um, we do have everything else in place where we can, but you know, I always want to make sure that we are legitimate before we start taking people's money. Um, so everything that we do, we do that based off of what we have in our operating fund. And if anybody wants to contribute, we always tell them to go ahead and contribute as far as like buying something for what we're trying to do um, so that they're able to um, see where their money has gone. That's excellent. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, you know, uh, putting the business out there and still doing 
in the community and still going through that process of, as you said, making it a legitimate um, nonprofit. And I'm excited to have you on here because our viewers, most of them being small business owners, they can kind of follow you in that process and how, you know, what an impact that can make for someone who started a nonprofit from the ground up, you know, just using your own knowledge, your own research, building it into something and then helping others to do the same causes. So I think that's a beautiful thing. Thanks, Tanya. I appreciate it. No, I have to agree. I have to agree on that. Um, also, too, welcome to the show, Garrett. Thank um, you. I appreciate it. Appreciate you coming. Um, with the nonprofit, um, you know, we definitely want to bring a lot of awareness to that because that's that's impressive that you guys are doing this with your own money. Um, you know, I hope a lot of other nonprofits to take um, action and, you know, kind of follow you guys' lead. You know, I, I've worked with quite a few here in Jacksonville. And, you know, they always, you know, soliciting money, of course, and that helps. But you guys are kind of putting your, putting, like they're all saying, putting your money where your mouth is. You're actually doing it. Yeah, we, we, try, we try to make sure that we, um, that we show what we're doing um, before we ask for anything from anybody else. And, you know, at, in doing this process, um, you know, I'm blessed to have the financial means to do this, to have an operating fund like we do. Um, but actually like getting support and getting grant funding and stuff like that, that's a long process. Um, and so I kind of, I wonder if I was not in the position that I was in, you know, to start my nonprofit, how long would the process be to actually get it up and going and for it to be successful? So, you know, I, I kind of, I don't know. That's just kind of, you know, my thought process. So I ain't gotcha. gonna go down yeah. the rabbit hole with it. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, my dad used to write grants, um, so I know it's a it's a lengthy process. Yeah, yeah. Doing that to doing that. But once again, welcome to the show, man. We appreciate you. Thanks, James. I appreciate it, man. Definitely. Um, so okay, Gary, we were talking earlier. You were mentioning a story that just happened um in I think it was Wil Wilmington. Yeah, in Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah, I could not believe it when I heard it. Why don't you let the viewers know a little bit about that? Because that is insane. All right, so recently, just to give you guys just um, kind of an overview, there was um, three police officers that were fired from the Wilmington Police Officer, uh, well, the Wilmington Police Force. Um, and they were fired due to um, hate-filled speech that was caught on the video cam in one of the officers' cars. So... A lot of people are like, well, how did they just randomly find this? And believe it or not, this was actually found on a regular audit that they do at the end of the month. Um, the police department, and I, I actually learned this information myself. Um, they do audits on each of the police officers' cars to review the, the camera footage that is in the car. Um, and they actually caught this audio. And on the audio, um, the officers are going back and forth about racial slurs, um, especially to African-Americans. Um, and in particular, they were saying that they wanted to start a race war. Um, they felt that they should slaughter all of the effing N-words, um, just a whole lot of racial slurs. So um, the police chief, and so this is the ironic part of the story, the police chief uh, just recently started and he's African-American. So his on his first day, wow. he fired all three of them. Wow. Um, so he fired all three of them. Um, and he actually was on the news actually yesterday to say that this is not this is unacceptable behavior and he will not allow them to give their resignation. He said that he was going to specifically fire them. And he said his reasoning for that is because Many times when officers run into this issue or they are, have to face what they've done and when it comes to uh, racism and you know, brutality and things like that, they often cower and they often say they're gonna resign or go on some administrative leave and you know, they resign and they're able to be rehired somewhere else. So he said his goal and his yeah. intention with this is so that they cannot be rehired and so that they cannot um, go somewhere else and practice any type of um, police, you know, enforcement. Um, he also, go ahead, what you say? I said that's exactly how it should be. Yes, but one thing that I want to say that I admired about him is that he took it one step further. He has made the DA's office open 
any cases that all three of these officers have been a part of to review mm. wow. to, to show any type of bias. And as of right wow. now, as of last night, 40 cases have been thrown out. Period. Yep. 40 cases. Yeah, it's a it is so important for us to have at the table. We have to be in those rooms. We have to be the chiefs of police. We have to be the judges, the lawyers. We have to be in that corporate boardroom because if we're not, shit that's been happening will continue to happen as it has been happening. But I also think, I think that he made a great point though because um, he was asked a question on television and in the news article that I read well, do you feel that we need more African-Americans on the force? He said, it's not about the color of your skin. It's about the color of your heart. That's it. Because right. this is not about black and white. This is not about black and white. This is about hatred and, and, and love. Yeah. Hatred and love. That's it. Well, I mean, I feel like I feel like he was right in what he did. And the simple fact that they need, you know, because you, like you said, you never know what's in someone's heart. And you have a lot of officers out there that feel like those three do. Oh and, yeah. But they, they just cover it up better. They didn't, they didn't expect to get caught. So right. that's why you have a lot of systemic yeah. racism still in law enforcement. Cause you got officers like that, that are still hired and they're, they're right. out there practicing this and nobody calls them out. Exactly. The thing and, about, and, yeah. Go and the thing, I, the thing I liked about it is that, he didn't just label it down to that. That is just white people doing it. He said, "There's bad African American cops." Oh yeah, you know, definitely. You know, he was like, "We need more women um, on the force and so forth." So he just didn't label it down to, you know, we need more black people. He was just like, overall, it's about what's on the inside. You know, mm -hmm. if you're going to be enforcing the law, right? And that comes with a lot of responsibility too. I mean, and and you know, you would think more officers would take pride in that, but. You know, you have those that they were cowards before they got badges and they cowards with badges. And, exactly. And that's how, thing, that's how it goes. One thing that stood out to me is that you said that they do, they do audits, which I'm sure that that should have been common sense probably. But the fact that they do audits on every single officer and right. many hate crimes are swept under the rug. Or not hate crimes, but just incidents between you know the officer and let, let's just talk about the George Floyd situation for a minute. You know, would that have if it didn't turn out as big as it had, would that have been caught on an audit? I'm just so shocked that four of these cases were not caught, you know, in these audits. And but that's my but that's one of my questions. Excuse though. me. So, somebody was bold enough to bring this forward, you and know. Saying, exactly. So, and Wilmington, Wilmington Police Force also did something that they normally do not do. They released the internal investigation results to the public. Wow. So they said that they wanted to be the first to show transparency right. of what they've done to handle this situation. Absolutely. Right. right. And, and as well as it should be, because... A lot of police departments do major cover-ups, major cover-ups. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, they, they, it's not the first time they've done these audits. They, most of them, but you got to think of who's in charge. You know, the sergeant, the police chief, all of them covering up for their boys, that, that, that blue line, you know what I'm saying? Oh. Yeah, all in cahoots with each other. Just like, you know, going, you know, going back to the, the Aubrey case. Look what the officer did, he, you know, to cover up what happened. He tells everybody that um, the Aubrey died robbing a house, which was told, told the man's mother that. So, and then the, 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 nobody on the police force, the police chief, knowing that that is not what happened, he didn't call his own officer. He covered it up. Yep. And it's not the first, but I, I hope and pray that it's, it's the last incident like that. I'm so happy that because of these protests and because of everyone standing up that it's bringing so many changes and so much awareness to this issue, which I don't know how it's awareness and people should have already known what was going on. But to some people, if it wasn't affected directly, you know, they, they weren't aware. So it's bringing awareness to, to some people. And I do think that, you know, the protests, it did some positivity. I mean, I, I wish it didn't have to go that way, but, you know, it, it made some changes happen. It made people think about some things. Not I think also that the protests have also mm -hmm. showed, made us wake up 
and made us see that things are not where we thought they were. Um, especially when I think about the protests, I think that's the protest that just happened in St. Louis. Did you guys see that? Where yes. it was the white couple that stood outside of like their mansion home with guns. Mm -hmm. I did not see that. I saw that. Yeah, they stood out. The guy, the um, the gentleman stood outside his home with a rifle and his wife with a handgun as the people protested down the street with the guns pointed at the protesters. Wow. You know, and then you know, I saw people come in and talking about they have the right to defend their home. Wasn't nobody trying to break in their home. Nobody's trying to do anything. Right. They, it, it, nobody was trying to break into their home. Nobody, they were protesting, which they right. have every right to do. But so there are certain parts of St. Louis that are prejudiced like that. You know, right. my family's from St. Louis. So my family to this day, like my aunts and uncles, are afraid to go out in certain parts of St. Louis at a certain time of night because they know this. All right? and, and, and I'm like, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But they absolutely will not go out. Yeah. Right. You know, wow. my, my biggest thing is this, you know, how are you going to point guns at protesters and not now if that would have been a black family pointing guns at white protesters. <laughs> oh, man. They had a helicopter out there. Ready a helicopter, to I mean, it would have been about 10 or 20 cop cars <laughs> descending on that house. <laughs> your hands right. up, you know, right. That's threatening somebody's life when you point a loaded handgun <laughs> at, at a shotgun. Exactly. Gun. You know, but of course they didn't get in trouble for it. Yeah, but, and you know, now that we're talking about all of this racial tension, it's so insane to me because we just, you know, ended Obama's, um, you know, uh, election year for what the 2000 and was it 14, 15? Right. 16, 2016, and you know where people seem to be in harmony, and we. Yeah, I felt that it wasn't any really racial tension, not not outward like it is now. And then, you know, here we are now where it's just, it's crazy. You know, I feel the tension. I went to Tennessee um, was the last, a couple weeks ago. And, you know, just some parts of it, it was a lot of the Confederate flag, a lot of the Trump supporters, and loud, very, very loud with it. I mean, on the buildings everywhere. And you could just see the tension. You could see them staring at us, at our group, which happened to be all African-American. And it was just, it was sad. And it's all, for the most part, it was all, you know, older, older white people. Um, but it's, it's sad. It's very sad. And James, speaking of Trump, I know that we, um, we spoke earlier, and it looks like the Bush family has now gotten involved with this, um, election with Biden and Trump. Did you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, you know, it's it's bad when a Bush <laughs> goes against you. That's really bad. Trump running out of supporters. <laughs> I mean, everybody's turning on Trump right now. Oh, he oh, bad. They're like, when Bush... The Bush, the Bush family? Come on now. I'm serious. <laughs> Comes against you? You know you off the Rick scale when they come against you. That's like, what? So what happened, though? Tell, tell well, 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 basically, they're forming a super PAC, you know, with Joe Biden to help Joe Biden get, get elected, you know, as the next president of the United States and to get Trump out of office because even a lot of top Republicans from generals to senators on down have realized how dangerous this president is and how divisive he is with his words, with his comments, you know, Trump has tweeted stuff, you know, even like now with the whole Black Lives Movement, he's trying to basically tweet out and say that Black Lives Movement is racist. They're chanting out stuff like pigs in a blanket, you know, bacon, you know, just crazy stuff, rhetoric. You know, and it's funny that he'll call out Black Lives Matter, which is an organization saying, hey, we're trying to help stop systemic racism throughout. He'll, he'll, he'll call them out quick, but he, he'll say, oh, they're good people on both sides when he's dealing with the KKK or white supremacist. Come on, man. You know, multiple times. Yeah, multiple times. Then he retweets, uh, um, uh, they had a rally, I guess, and they showed some supporters of Trump, and one of the men on the tweet was yelling out, white power. Trump retweets this out. Then when the flat came from Twitter, calling it out and a few other people, he took it down. Then his excuses, oh, I didn't hear that part. Yeah, we're, we're sure you didn't hear that part. 
this, this. I think he's trying to. That's not. I, mean, I think he's trying to appeal to his base. I think. Yes, that's exactly what he's doing. That's his base. That's why he's supporting yeah. officers right now. Trump is trying to get every group that's disgruntled with what's going on to become that's his true. new base, whether it's white supremacists, whether it's uh, Southern racists, whether it's police that are disgruntled, you know, because I saw a tweet a while back, and I'll show you how much he flip-flops, where they were saying that the police, he never gets along with the police, the police don't like him. But now all of a sudden, he's the police's biggest advocate. Yeah, yeah, because he's trying, he's trying to win. Yeah, he's trying, he's to, trying win. to grasp on to whatever he can to remain in that seat. Yeah, and my yeah. thing is this, how are you going to have, how are you going to have somebody in seat and they're across the country, they got a warrant out for your arrest? <laughs> <laughs> now, you know good and well that one of us was in there, we had a warrant out. <laughs> now, let's, hey, hey, let's put Barack. They were coming, arre <laughs> coming arrest our ass right there in the seat. <laughs> hey, I was about to say, let's put Barack in, in Trump's position with a warrant out for his arrest. Man. <laughs> you know good well if Barack had an arrest warrant out for a traffic hey, ticket, hey, they'll be in there arresting him. Hey, I'm telling you, if y'all ever saw Star Wars when your boy, um, your boy um, went in there to arrest the emperor and he walked in, it would have been just like that in Barack. You are under arrest, my lord. <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly. So I want to I want to read this tweet. Um, I want to um, let the people know exactly what he tweeted about Black Lives Matter. So he put NYC is cutting police dollars by one billion dollars, and yet the NYC mayor is going to paint a big, expensive Black Lives Matter sign on Fifth Avenue, denigrating this luxury avenue. This will further antagonize New York's finest who of New York and vividly remember the horrible Black Matter, uh, Black Lives Matter chant, pigs in a blanket, frying like bacon. Maybe our, <laughs> police, maybe our great police who have been neutralized and scorned by a mayor who hates and disrespects them won't let this symbol of hate be affixed to the New York's greatest streets. Spend this money fighting crime instead. He called the Black Lives Matter movement um, a symbol of hate. A symbol of hate. Well, first of all, they painted ever, in front of him. Ever called out the KKK. Um, Have they, he ever called the KKK a symbol of hate? Uh, no, no, he, no, no, no. Tanya, it's good people on both sides. There you go. I cannot believe it. I can believe it. I can believe it. One thing Trump has never done is not be himself. It, 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 he's always been who he was yeah. since day one. And he has not, I give it to him, he has not stopped being himself. My issue is people that still support him. <laughs> I, we gotta, I, but we, we got to remember this, y'all. Trump's main goal for getting in office was to undo everything that Barack Obama did. Absolutely. Everything, all while Barack Obama was in office. He challenged him, he challenged him, he said, he, you know, about the birth certificate, this, this, that, and the other. Everything that, he, that Barack put in place to stabilize this country, he has undone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. You know, the stuff that, the stuff that would have been in place to identify the pandemic early, yeah. you know, there that was undone. You're absolutely right. You brought up a very good point. That is what? absolutely true. He, he wants nothing to do with Barack Obama or any of his policies. You are no. absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, it's you all, even, yeah, you got to think about him also even um, extending health care. Mm -hmm. So many people during the pandemic don't have health care. So yeah. the proper thing would have been to open up a new open enrollment period for the Obamacare. Nope, didn't do that. Canceled that. CMS stood quiet because I work for a healthcare organization. We had to ask CMS, what do you plan on doing about these people that don't have health care insurance? Their response uh, back to us was, we're waiting on the presidency to see what we can do. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. We haven't, we haven't been provided any direction as of yet. Wow. That is insane. Yeah. I have a question for you guys that I've been thinking a lot about, and I've asked a few people. At this point, at this point in this campaign, 
if you are a, you know, a very strong Republican, you know, you agree with everything that the Republicans are doing, um, and you've always voted Republican, you grew up voting Republican, you're a hardcore Republican. At this point, do you look at Donald Trump and say, he's the Republican, I'm voting for him? Or do you look at it as a moral issue and say, I know that this president is not right for the United States of America. I can't vote for this Please president. Please let me answer that question. Go ahead, James. And do you think that if they do say, I'm a Republican, I'm going to vote for him because he's a Republican, are they considered to be, you know, a racist? Okay, uh, I'm going to answer that question. I think it's more important for a Republican to realize that Donald Trump is not a Republican, first of all. Mm -hmm. That's first and foremost. He was never a Republican. If you want to say independent, yes. If you if you want to say GDI, <laughs> that is Donald Trump. He's an opportunist. He was never a Republican. Donald Trump started out as a Democrat. He only ran it as a Republican because they have when they're loyal, they're loyal to a fault, regardless of what may come. You know, it could have been Hitler, you know, up there and ran Hitler could have ran as a Republican and they probably would have back to him just because they're they're okay. loyal but you do have a lot of sensible republicans that have realized that and it's like hey man this like man the bush family. yeah like the bush, bush family. family the bush family Mitt Romney. a lot of them have realized hey man this man doesn't value any of the things that we value none of none of and he's been that way since day one you know what you got you have a lot of republicans i'm gonna tell you another reason why a lot of them won't vote against him they're scared because he's an incumbent president they're scared of what Trump is going to do to their career because they they know if he goes down, they're going down with the ship. So yep. that's really what that boils down to. He's not, I can't even say he's a non-traditional Republican. I can't call Donald Trump a Republican or a Democrat. And they're talking about liberalism. Trust me, he's very liberal. People just don't realize it. He ain't conservative. Mm -hmm. And what name anything that he has done that's been conservative. I'll wait. Uh -huh. <laughs> Hold on. I mean, he's, um, hang on. Other than money, are you are you seriously over there trying to think about it? Yes, <laughs> I am because I think with the taxes, he he definitely um gives the rich or you know the wealthy a, a tax break before he does the the middle class and poor. He does. Am I wrong? Well, rich are always. Rich, yeah, rich, yeah. That ain't got nothing to do with being Republican. That's just rich. Let me give something a little more specific. Okay. The coronavirus pandemic. Did he not make sure that these huge corporations got a bailout before some of these smaller business owners? Let me okay. let, let, wait, 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 wait. Don't even, don't say nothing. <laughs> While we set up here getting $1,200 checks, <laughs> And we and everybody running around here talking about, oh, I got my stimulus check. Mm -hmm. People in other countries were getting that on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. Well, so, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying, though. You just made my point. That was how? What do you mean? You James, what was your question? What had he done? That that's that would that you would consider really true Republican conservative. Because to me, he hasn't done anything. You don't think giving the the wealthy, the the bigger businesses a bailout, you don't think that's a, re, a Republican thing to do? No, I think he did that because he has a greed thing to do. That's like if I give, if I'm president and I line your pockets, I can depend on your support. Exactly. <laughs> if I say, if I say Joe ass doing this time. Yeah. And guess what? I'm I'm for sure going to have your back, whether you agree with me or not. That's all that okay. was. Okay. Okay. Hey. You sound like you're a Republican on the on the oh. line. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Now, stop it! <laughs> Don't even do that. I do not. Oh. Support, I do not support Donald Trump. Let's I make. Was it. Say, let, let me find out. <laughs> Let's make that very clear. Uh, okay, you over there combing your hair and stuff like you do. <laughs> Woo, this brings back so many memories. Hey. Woo. Well, you know, 
you know, like I said, you know, when it did, when it comes to deal with Trump, people got to really realize who they're dealing with and what they're dealing with. You're dealing with Correct. a man that's dealing with greed. He's always been a racist. His his and, and I'm calling not like he is. He's always been a racist. His father was a racist. His father was uh, um, arrested at a KKK rally. So not when that, I was looking at some of the um, lawsuits he had. He's had numerous lawsuits that he's lost regarding discrimination. I mean, mm-hmm. and. If you look at his record, it looks, I mean, he went into the office like this. Like, I, I mean, it's its just—it's crazy to me that he is now running the free world. Well, and like that- I said, you got to look at his fan base. His fan base, you got, you got the Russians that colluded with him, which I don't even see. I mean, I, I don't see how you can do one plus one and get five. But mm-hmm. somehow the Senate did that. <laughs> Instead of coming up with one plus one equals two, they got five, and he's not guilty. I don't get it. But his his hey, fan well, base is when racist. Cars, anything can happen. Yeah, it, he, you know, you got the Russians. He every he didn't want to run against Joe because he knew he would probably lose against Joe. That's why he tried to back Bernie. He tried to have the Russians in and um go after Biden's son. You know, the same thing he did with Hillary Clinton to try to win the to win the election, to pretty much steal the election. So yep. he's doing this for power. Yep. He's a, how can I put this? He's a TV host or, or a TV product. You know, just like with his thing. He, he, runs, he runs the presidency like he runs his show, You're Fired. You know, he, this man, I'm going to show you how contradictory he is. He said, he called um, what's his name? Uh, the the one that kneeled in the in the football. Um, Kaepernick. He called Kaepernick, and one of his rallies was like, "Wouldn't you love to see the 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 president of the NFL or the commissioner of the NFL say if that kneel get that son of a bitch off the field?" He was talking about Kaepernick. But now that everybody's turned in the NFL, Roger Goodell and him came out saying, "You know what? We support you guys. We were wrong. We got it wrong." Oh, I yeah. think y'all should give Kaepernick another chance. Why you say it now? Why say it now? Opportunist. Because that ain't what he believes. Because he could have said that any time a long time ago. Wait, are you saying that Trump, you, you're talking about Trump? Trump tweeted out that I think y'all should give Colin Kaepernick another chance. Trump said this. I didn't know that. It's the same Trump that called him a son of a bitch mm-hmm. when he was kneeling. Opportunist. That's because he was still trying to save some of those votes. But now that he sees he's he's so far off the scale, now he's just catering to his base. Yeah. So I don't think he's going to ever try to, you know, agree with the other side even a little bit anymore. He's going to stick with his base. Yeah. I mean, he, he has no other choice. He's losing by double digits to Biden right now. Yeah. And, you know, and now that you... Hey, let's just hope and pray that everybody gets out and actually votes. Yes. I- yes, please get out. Yeah. Here's my thing. Everybody can get out and vote, but will they be counted? That's there you go. Voter irregularities. That's a great point. That's a great point. And you know, I'm not going to be surprised with anything in this election. Let's just say that I'm not going to be surprised with anything because I think anything can happen. Well, you know, let's hope it doesn't. You're not going to go through this another four years. Uh, but guys, let's touch on something a little more less serious to, to most, at least, maybe not to them. Um, and I'm sure that you guys have heard about this. Did you hear about the latest with Jada Pickett, Will Smith, and August Alsina? It sounds like a threesome to me. This sound, like Jada. This sound like Jada was getting the fantasy. Hey. <laughs> she got <laughs> an actor and a singer. <laughs> Let's go over a few things. So, James, know what you think? So, um, and I'm reading this off the Shade Room on Instagram. Shout out to the Shade Room. So it says August Elsina confirms his past relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith. Quote, unquote, Will gave me his blessing. So in the interview, um, he's talking about a lot of important things, a lot of things about, you know, his past and how he's overcome and things like that. A really positive interview, um, actually. But this is- Who did he do the interview with? 
um, Angela, Angela Yee from The Breakfast Angela Yee from The Breakfast Club. Shout out to Angela Yee. That's Gary trying to test me. Mm. Oh, you, you did your research. <laughs> did your research. <laughs> yes, he, she, but she really asked some great questions, and he gave a lot of great commentary. But we're going to focus on this right here. Um, and so in the interview, he says that they had a relationship. They had a relationship and that Will gave him his blessing to be with Jada. And he said that when they came out with their partnership, when, once they switched from a marriage to a partnership, lifetime partners, and we've heard this on the Red Table Talk, when Will joined Jada there and they were talking and, you know, they, they talked about this partnership. But, you know, people keep saying like, oh, they told us about this. They told us about They did not tell us about this because we, I, as a viewer, I did not walk away from that interview thinking like, oh, they're not together. They're not sexually active. I looked at it as them saying we're married and we will always be married and we are life partners and we're going to go through this life together. Nothing like, you know, we're going to date other people. That is not what I got from that interview. And I don't know about you guys, but I, I didn't get that from the interview. I think that they, they gave the viewers um, the power to interpret that interview however way they felt they needed to. And I didn't interpret it like that. So he is saying that after, you know, the, that, you know, Jada talked about this a lot, the partnership and things like that, and that they were not sexually active. Like this partnership did not include sexual activity. And it was from that point that, you know, Will gave his blessing, him and Jada had a relationship. And um, I don't, he didn't really get into detail about what happened, but it, it didn't work out, obviously. Um, he loves her dearly. He respects her. He gave her the utmost um, respect and love and compliments um, in this interview and um, even in past interviews that he has done. But, you know, so you fast forward it the next day, Jada, um, her people, they come out and they say, this is not true. You know, she did not have an affair. All this I've seen is wrong. And then you have Will a couple hours later, his people says, I did not give him um be okay to you know have a, an affair with my wife so it's it's kind of him against them he said well you well 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 let okay. me let me stop let me let me stop you there no, go ahead. you have to think about in music and in the industry there's always a word play so the word play on the smith side is i did not give him permission to have an affair affair there you go so Go ahead. They're, they're not giving, so in a sense, I, what I take from that is that no, by no means that, that they have an affair because if they have moved out of the marriage phase to this partnership phase or whatever the heck you want to call it, it wouldn't be an affair. Also, I'm pretty sure knowing the multi-million dollar enterprise that they have, I'm pretty sure they had him sign a non-disclosure agreement. So, why would... I totally agree. And people were, they were saying that, like, where's the NDA? Where's the NDA? And I'm thinking, like, these are multi-million. This is Will Smith. This is Jada Pinkett. I know they had an NDA. Like, they had to have an NDA. So, I mean, I think that the man is hurt. I think that he needed to tell his truth. Um, but do I agree that it should have that he should have told his truth the way he did? Absolutely not. Because if you went into this and you had an agreement with these people to keep this on the hush, you know, not say anything. This is what it is. No, you should not. You shouldn't. You should have never put up that information out. That's my opinion. I, I disagree. I disagree. Why do you disagree? Because I disagree with it. I disagree with it slightly because based off of the pictures and things that I've seen. And because I did have a question when they went to that award show together, I can't remember what award show it was, but he went to an award show and Jada Pinkett was, and it's circling around the internet right now. Um, she had on like this golden black dress and he is holding her as if that's his wife. Yeah. Yes, I saw that. It wasn't, it wasn't she like. Her tight. And she had yeah. a cute look real, you know, squeezed yeah. back. Yes. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a hell, a whole, like, it would have been me and you, like, you know, this is my friend, or whatever, exactly. whatever. This was like, I'm doing you. Mm -hmm. and, and, 
and I got you. I got Jada Pinkett on my arm, and guess he was what? proud. At the end of the night, I'm going home with it too. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's that's what it kind of alluded to. Yeah, Jack, I'm gonna see this picture so you can put it up for the viewers too. The picture that we're talking about. Okay, you know, um, this none of this surprises me, even though I hadn't heard about this part. But I'm gonna tell you why it doesn't surprise me. Because for years, it wasn't why it surprised me. For years, people have already said that Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith were swingers. They have been doing their thing for a long time. They had an open style relationship, so that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> also, also on her <clears throat> red talk table, whatever, which I think is a you know a great platform, and you know I, I love how she how she uses uses it, and I love the fact of how transparent they have been on the red table talk, you know, mm -hmm. as a family and with her guests. Mm -hmm. They also said on there, Will said this. He said that. In their marriage, there was a breaking point where she cried every day. I don't know if you remember that part. I remember that. She was still in love with Tupac. Is that why she cried every day? Yes, because the love of her life was Tupac, not Will. Yeah, I have to go back and look at that because I did not know that. I remember the interview and him saying like she was crying every single day, but I did not know that it was due to Tupac. She, she's, she still was in love with that, you know, Tupac was the love of her life. He was traveling a lot. You know, he was yeah. gone a lot. He had, just mm -hmm. got, he had just got off the other marriage with his other, you know, from his yep. um, first son. You know, you don't really hear that much talk about his oldest son. You know? my will? Yeah. 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 You don't hear that much talk about his I mean, it's kind of hard. Marriage. It's, it's kind of hard to go from thug life to jig getting jiggy with it. You know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just <laughs> and also before August Alcina even came out with this, he has a song called Nanya. Okay, yes. so in that song, if you go back through that song, mm -hmm. you know, hold on, because I'm I'm looking at it now. <laughs> so the song, the song, the song starts out with haste. You know, it's. It's a text message, and it's like, hey, stranger, you know, whatever, whatever, are you ignoring me? And then it goes into, you know, the more lyrics of the song, but it's basically a text message between somebody who he felt wasn't giving him the time that he needed. Right. You know, like, why are you texting me, asking who's next to me? Why do you care about who's having sex with me? Now you all on my line, why are you pressing me? Ooh. Mm. I then, that. Now, what is the name? Isn't it her middle name or something that was on the text message? Is Cor Corin? Uh, yeah. That's Jada Pinkett's middle name. Middle name. Didn't know that. That's yeah. new. So then he says here, he says here, I gave you time to make you a priority. But then it also says, but you put my feelings out, I put my feelings out there and you ignored it. Oh, time, time I invested with you that I can't get back. You can't give it, you can't deal with the way that I react. And then he puts a Jada Pinkett uh, gift, putting on, putting on a show because you don't want the whole world to know, thought you lost the man you loved all long ago. Who told my pop? Let me make sure I said it right. He said, so he puts a jaded pink gift in it. It says, okay, okay. So I guess this is from Low Down Dirty Shame or whatever. So it says, oh, so now you're going to front. That's the gift he used from Jada Pinkett. Okay. So then he puts, put it on a show because you don't want the world to know. That you lost a man you love all that loved you all along. Oh, wow. So if you think about that, mm. think about it. Tupac was the love of her life. Yep. She was the love of her life, yep. So the question is, did she really love the research? Did she ever really love Will? Did she really ever love Will? Or right. more of a replacement that uh, just because a, 
Because research shows that when somebody is there in your time of need, yeah. that you oftentimes grow feelings for that person who was there in your time of need. Yep. You ain't never lied. They call, they call it lost, re she, rebound love. Yeah. She mm -hmm. lost Tupac. He lost his love, his marriage. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yep. So they yeah, need each, each other during that time. Now, yep. granted, they produced two beautiful kids. They have had a success, built a successful empire. And, you know, sometimes it's cheaper to keep us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I think, I think, I think, I just think that they're really good friends. I don't think. Exactly. And I, I think, think the good. sexual part is not there more so than them yeah. being very good friends and parents. It's like, hey, look, I don't want to stifle you from having love on an intimate level. And, you know, we don't have that. So, hey, go do you. I go do me. We keep it under wraps. But they are still a family. Like, they are still right. operated as a family for Christmas. You know, they were all together. You know, not having sex, not intimate or anything like that. But they're all together on Christmas. They're all together, you know, on Thanksgiving. They, they you know, they put these on Instagram and, 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 and social media. So, they're together as a family. They do what's needed for the family. But they go their separate ways after Right. Oh, hey. If you I like it, I, I'm like this. If you like it, I love it. <laughs> I it. Right. I mean, no issues with it. For them, it. They've been together all this time, but honestly, if you look at it from a spiritual level, you know, a marriage from a spiritual level, I just, it just doesn't sit, it, it doesn't sit well with me. And not only that, but Jada is so open and honest at this red table, yet she hides details like this. Who knows if they would have been up front, if they would have told their truth, maybe it could have helped another, you know, couple, another married couple or someone looking to get married or whatever. Like, you know, tell your truth because a lie obviously comes out and it makes you look bad. And, you know, all this, all these things that she's been saying about her and Will, now you're questioning like, well, you know. This I, don't, I don't think that this makes you question her or question them. I think that it makes you makes you know that they really do live how they have insinuated. Right. You know, and I think that Yeah. Yeah, and I think that August Alcina's point was not to put their business out there, but I think it was for him to heal. Absolutely. And I, I you know, I because when he met with Angela Lee Angela Yee it was more so, he's a totally different person now. Like, he's grown, he's matured, and plus, you don't release no 27, no 27 track long album unless you've been through some stuff. Absolutely, you're absolutely You know, and so he basically was talking about, you know, I've been through some things, I'm releasing some stuff, and you know, I have to say this to make, to get, to make me heal and feel better. You know what I'm saying? So it was, I don't think it was any malicious intent Behind it, you know, you love somebody, you love them. That's it. Can't help who you love. At all. And I totally agree that it, it was for his healing and maybe this is something that, you know, he, he needed to get out. However, if you make an agreement with someone, these are heavy hitters in Hollywood. They're married. They have a family. You knew this going in. I don't care what they felt like. You guys made the agreement <coughs> under wraps. You made the agreement. Why would you go in public and say something like this. I don't agree with that. I don't think that he should have done it. Like, if you needed mental health, somebody put this on my um, on my Facebook page. Actually, they said that they understand that he he did it because you know to heal and things like that. He should have went to a therapist, and I couldn't agree more. That's what therapists are there for. You don't go in front of the entire public and and just put out someone else's business like that. Who knows? Maybe she would have done it in a different way. Maybe they would have this now, now you just put it out to the public as this is what happens and you know, and what about her? You made an agreement. I think he should have stuck to that agreement. Well, I think the, I think he signed the wrong agreement, personally. I think he should have signed the OPP agreement. What are you talking about? Man? You down with OPP? Yeah, you know me. Rule number one. Don't get down running off at the mouth. <laughs> but you know what though? I think that this I think that this segues into something something a little bit more though. Okay. Marriage marriage today is not mm -hmm. how marriage used to be back yeah. in the day. If That's that true. makes sense. You know, 
people from our generation and, and coming from behind us now don't look as marriage as the same. Okay, my parents have been married for 35, almost 36 years, you know? So they don't look at nobody else, this is them. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna put up with whatever they're gonna put up with and they're gonna handle it and deal with it. People nowadays are just getting married for fads. They're getting married, married for financial reasons. You know, they wanna do an open relationship and things like that. So I think that this just moves so, moves more along where we are as a society. We don't hold anything of, you know, that was once looked at as a tradition of, we don't hold it as value anymore, if that makes sense. That's true. Yeah, I, I, would, I would totally agree with you on that. You have more divorce rates, breakups than you ever had back in the old day. Old day, they stuck together through thick and thin. They, they, and, through, know, and guess I, what? And, and you wouldn't be out publicly talking about who, who you screwing either on the oh, side. That, uh, that wouldn't be something that would be talked about. You know, that's something that, oh, that's what you did? You're going to be shamed. You know what I'm saying? You'll have some type of respect that they're married and you have nothing to say against their marriage. Mm -hmm. You know? So that that's just kind of where my following is. Like, you said, like, people, you know, they, they, they've been together 35 years longer. You know, they've gone through ups and downs. In a marriage, I mean, should you just take that? Like, is it should you stay in a marriage just because it's a marriage? I think that can go either way. Yeah. I think that, I think it's all about how that marriage started. Did you get married because you really loved each other? <clears throat> Did you get married because you were my lifelong partner? You my best friend? We, we in it to win it together? Or did you get married because, you know, you had a child together and you thought this was the best thing to do? Or did you get married because I needed you at the time and I thought this is what I wanted to do? It all depends on why you got married. You know what I'm saying? On uh, and then it turns into why you want to stay in that marriage. Yeah. But for me, I feel like if you gotta go out and be with somebody else, or it gotta be an open marriage or whatever, whatever, then why are we married? Why are we married? Exactly. Yeah, you know my what I'm my my mind frame on yeah, my mind frame on that is is I, I kinda agree with Garrett on that aspect. It's like if I'm a, if I feel like I gotta go out cheat on my wife because I'm bored or whatever, what's the purpose of me being with her in the first place? You know, I can save both of us the trouble by just being single and then I can do whatever I want and not have to worry about hurting anybody. So, I mean, you got to have a foundation. That's the biggest thing with marriage. It takes work. Biblically speaking, yeah. I, mean, I guarantee you, every even in the, the holy men in the Bible that were married, <laughs> you know, they had issues that it, I don't know, no marriage that's perfect. But that's the thing. You got to be willing to go into it, act as one. It takes almost a lifetime to get to know your partner, you know? And so that's why they say to death do us part. It ain't just because death do us part to you die, I die. No, death do us part. We got we got a lifetime together to try to get to know each other. We're going to have our ups. We're going to have our downs. Mm -hmm. Good, for bad, for better, for worse. You know, and that's in, in those vows. Right, but even Jesus himself said that he lets you out of a marriage if any type of infidelity is involved. That's so, true. You know, like mm -hmm. I think that in certain aspects, there there are there are outs, and that you should go for if you know. I don't I don't agree with the being married for fifty and sixty years if you know. If, if he's cheating or she's cheating and it continues, like, what are you married for? Go out. I'm not, I'm not saying stay in a relationship if he or she is cheating. I'm saying we, we need to get back to the point of, like, you got married for a reason, okay? Mm -hmm. if, if, let's say, let's say you and I were married, you know what I'm saying, and you were cheating on me. I wouldn't just marry you either. This is hypothetically. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you know, I wouldn't just automatically pack my shit and go because you you stepped out on me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would figure out what yeah. is the issue that's going on in our marriage. What is the root cause for you cheating on me? Is there something that I'm not doing? Is there something you need from me? Whatever the case may be, because there was something that caused you to go step out on me. Absolutely. And that's what therapy is for. Because if you look at if you look at therapy and how it goes, that cheating, that's just the last thing they're gonna talk about. They're gonna dig under you know, what happened, what led to that. Emotions, all that. Exactly. Childhood, everything yeah. that has to do with how a person acts today. And, you know, as 
in the black community, I don't think we go to therapy enough, honestly. I mean, it's no, because you know everybody's opinion about therapy. What happens in this house stays in this house. You can pray it out. You can pray it better. You know, like, yeah, you're absolutely right. But Jesus put therapists here for a reason. And we, I'm telling you, I've gone to therapy for numerous things. And and it's the best thing ever. You need someone to talk to. You need someone to... You need a non-judgmental person who doesn't know anything about you to listen to you and kind of rearrange your mind, your thoughts. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm I'm in therapy now. You know, I don't go as frequently as I used to, but I go twice a month to ensure my mental stability. You know what I'm saying? And having that person who does not know you, that's not judgmental, and that's just going to tell your ass what the real is, and sometimes, and I can say this about myself, and I'm like, I ain't did shit wrong. No, she'll sit there and be like, no, you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, damn, you just got me straight. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, I think the biggest thing, even with self-therapy, even if you do therapy on yourself, is being able to acknowledge where you went wrong. Because, you know, we, we can yeah. always go into everything, yeah. point the finger to the other person, but we never look back at ourselves and say, well, what do we do that might have caused it? Because, I, I mean, one of my you know, exes, you know, we had a really bad breakup and I, I could have blamed it up for a lot because I felt like, okay, I never cheated on her, she cheated on me. But then I had to go back and look at what things did I do that drove, drove her to even want to get to that point, you know what I'm saying? And I once I reflected, I said, you know what? Man, there's some things I needed to change about myself. You know, maybe I was overbearing, maybe I was too hard on her, you know, the whole nine. So, I think, I think... you Huh? <laughs> you're James. Yeah. James, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you guys. What James. happened? I can hear y'all. Y'all can hear me? We was laughing because your, your, we can hear you now. Your your screen froze. And so we all we heard was. Say it is what you were saying again. I, I'll, I'll just say. Self-reflection is the best therapy that you yeah. can get. It's self-reflection. I'll leave it. I'll put it simple like that. I you hear that, Tanya? Self-reflection. Self-reflection. <laughs> yeah, did you hear it? <laughs> I want to make sure that you <laughs> Now, I make it a habit to self-reflect. Now, a couple years ago, maybe not, but now, for sure. Okay, good. Therapy is working. <laughs> well, my, tax, my tax dollars is being, being spent well. Now, I, I, I told Tanya because I was talking with Tanya a few days ago and I was grocery shopping and um I told her, you know, stuff on stuff that happens to me, people think I'd make this stuff up. And I'm telling her it's the honest truth. I don't make any of this stuff. This stuff just happens. So I happened to be at Harvey's. I went out grocery shopping, just pick up a few items. At the grocery store, James? Yeah, Harvey's. Harvey's okay. grocery. Yeah. Y'all have it here. Okay. Oh, y'all don't have it there yet. We have it here. But um, I went there and, you know, I, I run into people in gas stations and everywhere that ask me for money and, you know, get something to eat, whatever. This time around, I didn't even know how to respond because what I got asked just kind of blew my mind. The young lady came up and she was like, asked me, did I have like 80 cents? I was like, no, nah, unfortunately, I only have my card. Then I was like, I'm thinking. I'm on the phone with him. Yeah, she was like, I'm on the phone with him. I'm thinking, well, maybe. You know, she's just hungry. So I'll, I'll buy something to eat, you know, no issue. So I asked her, I said, what is it that you're trying to buy? She's like, oh, I need to get a pregnancy test. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm thinking to myself, you, you might need to get the guy that got you pregnant here to get you a pregnancy test. I don't heard it all. I don't got to ask for food, cigarettes. <laughs> I never got asked for a pregnancy test. And I'm thinking to myself, now what I look like, she walking up behind me, I'm buying a pregnancy test for her in line. People looking at me like that's mine. No, no, but I'm not that no. That. Wait, you backed out of it so smooth though. I'm like, I believe what I'm here. This will only happen. <laughs> like, yeah, like he goes up to the lady, the lady asks if he feels bad or whatever. Like, I'll buy something to eat. So he's going to her and she says a pregnancy test of she said, I need you to buy me a pregnancy. No, it won't be me. <laughs> no, no, 
definitely not me. I'm like, you might want to go contact the guy that got you pregnant and ask him about the pregnancy test. <laughs> so, well, guys, we are at the end of this segment of Talking with Tanya. Um, thank you to the viewers for tuning in. Suave, thank you so much. Garrett, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are great. Silly, but yeah, but um, you guys are great. Um, it was a good, a good, a good session. So I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Next week, next time, same channel. Oh, also, y'all remember, go to ishopfp.com. Greatest fashion on earth. We get they, do. dresses for everything. This hey. dress I have on is still a one medium left. Just one medium left, see? Is that a medium you got on? Nah, it's a large. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you look nice. You look nice in it. You look, you look good. Good weave, good dress. Thank you, y'all. This show is sponsored by um, Fierce Passion and Camera Eye. Camera Eye Photography and Film. And FPRadio.com. Please, please look out um, um, for more great things from Garrett um, Gooch. And what's the name of your foundation again, Garrett? The Gooch Foundation. The Gooch Foundation. Um, he's going to come out with a lot of great things, helping a lot of good people, and I can't wait to see it. Um, and Garrett, whenever you need help or anything, please let me know. Of course, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be late, but I'm going to be there. Um, count on that. Can we count on you to write a, a good check? Hey, hey, I sure will. It depended on the cause. Absolutely. Uh, okay, I'll take you up on that. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, it's been great talking to you. I can't wait to um, do it again next week. All right. Y'all have fun. Peace out.